Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. You can censor the New York Post, you can censor Politico, presumably you can censor the New York Times or any other media outlet. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you? and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic super PAC, silencing views to the contrary of your political beliefs? Well, we're we're not doing that. Uh, And this is why I opened um, this hearing with calls for more transparency. We realize we need to earn trust more. We realize that more accountability is needed. Okay, so the big story is the show trial of senators pretending they'll break up big tech monopolies. What you're watching is a laughingstock. Welcome to the Savage Nation. It's a laughingstock to believe that Pinchai of Google, Dorsey of Twitter, and Zuckerberg of Facebook are going to do anything to inhibit their profit making. It's absurd to believe that the greased palms of the U.S. Senate who all receive money from these very same big tech companies are going to act to break them up in any manner. So I consider it a show trial. I didn't even watch it. I'm going to heard the sound. I know it was good. I'm not going to agonize over it. These guys are so powerful that they're the untouchables of our time. They have more power than the, uh, how shall I put it, than the heads of the five families ever did in the heyday of the U.S. mafia. These guys are more powerful right now than the five families. These three families, I would add another one, which would be uh, the fellow up in Seattle with the sweater. He's the godfather of them all, the vaccine mogul. Uh, What's his name? One was mother created the company for him. I forget his, honest to God, I'm blanking on him. They are more powerful. Gates, Gates, I'd add him to the list. Gates, Pinchy, Pinchai, Dorsey, Zuckerberg. There's another one somewhere in They're more powerful than any crime family in the world, more power than any crime family in the world, and they're overriding freedom. Now, I'm on Twitter, and I've been on Twitter for a long time, since 2009. I never really paid much attention to it until about two years ago. What's interesting to me is that I'm shadow banned. I have been shadow banned from the beginning. They have one third worlder there, probably making 14 to $15 an hour, comes from a despotic third world nation, and he follows or she follows my Twitter feed and blocks anything she doesn't like and blocks your responses to anything they don't like, prevents me from getting the likes that you put up there. So don't tell me I don't know about censorship. I know all about it. I've been censored by being banned in Britain. No one came to my defense. It's okay. I'm a big boy. I got what I got. I didn't expect the great conservative, great Americans to come to my aid. In fact, some of your great Americans in radio laughed when I was banned in Britain. They're such great Americans. So I know what uh, censorship is, and it's going to get much worse, much, much worse. And we'll jump now to the United Kingdom. In the United Kingdom, the police are raiding homes or will be raiding homes to break up holiday dinners. Police commissioner says officers will break up Christmas dinners in the UK. So I guess Churchill did his best to keep fascism from Britain. Little did he know that his own countrymen would be the Nazis of uh, our time. 
Are we very far behind the UK police raiding homes to break up holiday dinners? You think so? Well, would you please do me a favor and come over to michaelsavage.com with me for a moment? Because I saw a shocking story this morning, and we put it up. It shows New York Police Department, NYPD police, going into Orthodox Jewish homes because they heard that there were people gathering in these homes. This is right out of 1930s Nazi Germany. NYC police busting up Jewish gatherings in our time, in real time, in this time, in your time, we are losing the country. Now, at the same time, the NYC police are breaking into Jewish homes, telling them they can't gather together. They're permitting mobs of ethnic minorities to riot, to pillage, to do whatever they want, to loot. They say nothing about those things. I'm sure you all know what's going on in Philadelphia. And you can watch the oppressed minorities loot and destroy businesses, including black-owned businesses. Yeah, oppressed minorities. Now, why would they be looting in the name of justice? Because they're not looting in the name of justice. They're looting in the name of looting because they can get away with it. Because the police have been intimidated by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. You say, why did you jump to them? Because when they were asked about the looting in Philadelphia, which is so bad, they're calling in the National Guard. The official statement from Joe Biden and his campaign was they should have called a social worker to treat this mentally ill uh, victim. Now, this mentally ill victim who was shot by the police had been arrested many, many, many times. He threatened to kill his own mother. He belonged in a mental hospital, but there are no mental hospitals. In fact, the same liberals who don't want the police didn't want any mental hospitals. It was Governor Moonbeam's father. Governor Moonbeam's father, Edmund Pat Brown, who closed the mental hospitals in California. And as a result, we now have the government we have in California. Instead of being in Napa State Mental Hospital, uh, they are now in Sacramento running the state, as though they're in a mental hospital. But it was Governor Edmund G. Pat Brown who closed the mental hospitals in California. He didn't actually close them. He passed the law. Reagan then became governor and had to close the mental hospitals. Because the liberals felt that mental hospitals were not fair. They were not fair to the poor mentally ill people. Instead, they released them on the streets so they can defecate in the mailbox. That's fair to them, to let them urinate and defecate on themselves, beat people up, assault people, etc. That's their idea of fairness. These same psychos, the leftists, are now telling us that looters in Philadelphia are really acting out because of oppression by the police. So, look, these are two big stories and uh, we can talk about them. You ask me what should be done about the Philly rioters? I'm a real old law and order guy. I like a, a lawful nation. I like an orderly nation. And I like the police. I like the National Guard. And I like the military. And I would say it's long overdue to do what Dwight D. Eisenhower did and six other presidents. Call out the military. Call out the National Guard. And put up signs. Looters will be shot on sight. That would put a stop to the looting. This has nothing to do with racial injustice or racial justice. This Walter Wallace Jr. who was shot by Philadelphia for coming at them with a knife had a long criminal history and he rapped about shooting cops. Meanwhile, it's getting worse in California. A district attorney from San Francisco was run out of town because of his anti-police insanity, Gascon, moved to L.A., 
And this Gascon is now running for DA in L.A. If, after ruining San Francisco's police departments, police department, the SFPD was attacked by him, not supported by him. Even this liberal city had enough of this Gascon. He moved to L.A. He's now running to be DA of Los Angeles. He is now supported by big Hollywood fools. The country seems to be losing its mind completely. Now the phone number is 855-407-282. I've got many questions. I've got many answers. You're entitled to call if you like. But I want to ask you a question, which is a little more personal. I got up real early this morning, was working with Robert and Jim on my future podcast. And we actually, I created a, uh, what did I call it? A bonus podcast today, which we're putting up for those of you who listen to my podcast. It's only seven or eight minutes long. And it was an example of the news of the day and how I'm going to cover it when I do my podcast come January. And then I was saying to Robert and Jim, what do you think my podcasts should be like? What do you, what do you want me to do? News the way I'm doing it now? Robert, are you there? Because you had some interesting ideas. If you want to be heard from the audience before I go disappear from the airwaves, you're entitled to pick up a microphone. Jim, Robert, are you there? Turn your we mics are on. here. Yeah, absolutely. Who's that, Robert? Yes, sir. The now, these, one, are the the men behi- these are the men behind the scenes. They have been with me for many, many years, and we're all going to miss each other. We may work together on the podcasts along with um, my local producer, Ryan O'Callaghan. And I'm going to ask these guys who've been with this show for so long and knows you, the audience, very well. They had things to say that I was quite surprised by. So I'm going to let them say it in their own words. Robert, what did you say or what do you think the podcast should be about? I think it should be a potpourri of multiple things. A little bit of news, a little bit of politics, a little bit of cars, a little bit of women, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of food. And just go with the flow. However your mood is that day, you just take it where it leads you. Well, but Robert, you said earlier that people are really more interested in, in my personal views of personal things than they are in the news, which they can get from anybody. Isn't sort of that where you went? Absolutely. Morning? The listeners love anything that takes them behind the scenes or gives them that more intimate relationship with the host. And nobody does it better than you. Well, coming from you, how many years have you been with the show? Uh, six plus. So you've lasted that long. I know. We've had a few big fights, haven't we? <laughs> oh, yes. But come on. That makes life interesting. Well, no, we're, we're, a lot of testosterone runs through this show between the guys. <laughs> and we're all men, and we argue with each other sometimes, and we get really angry at each other sometimes. And uh, it's very nice to hear from you on, on this issue. Jim, you're a quieter type. Yes, what I'm the even-keeled one on the show. You're the, you're the even-keeled over one, right. Yes. So, <laughs> so what would you with the even-keeled over uh, mentality think the podcast should be like? I mean, I would uh, I would rely on your base of knowledge, which is uh, tremendous, by the way. You've got a lot of life experiences, and you can share a lot of those life experiences. People tell me all the time their favorite parts of the show are when you are telling stories about New York or telling stories about things that happened to you in the past or um, adventures uh, on the islands when you were collecting plants, things like that. So I, go, go back into all the multiple lives that I have led, which are not well known in the podcast or radio world because of the format of radio. It doesn't let me develop them. And it's more news oriented. I mean, news talk is really what talk radio has become is news talk. It wasn't always news talk, by the way. Talk radio was not always news talk. I mean, 20 years ago, it was about cameras, cars, 
restaurants. It was a lot of things, and it's all been dissolved and sucked into simply the news of the day where people read headlines off websites, and that passes for talk radio. It's very, very stifling. It's important to know what's going on, but you can get that from three websites in three minutes. And I don't know why talk radio has to mimic what's on a website. I think that there's a, a, you know, a huge world out there, way beyond politics. And to me, the constellations are vast. And I intend in January to talk a lot more about uh, the, the many lives I have led, because people say, I had no idea you had such a fascinating background. I didn't know you had been a social worker. I didn't know you had been a lifeguard. I didn't know you'd been a busboy. I didn't know after those years you had been a social worker in New York on the Upper West Side. I didn't know that you were a plant collector. I didn't know that you were an ethnobotanist. I didn't know you were a businessman at one point. I didn't know, I didn't know you did all these things. Can you tell us about that? Can you read from your journals from 1963, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9? You have copious journals that go back all these years? You were in Fiji before it was put in a bottle? You were in Fiji collecting plants in remote villages before it became a water uh, stolen from their aquifer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us something about what it was like to be there? Can you tell us what it was like living there? Can you tell us any of that? Well, I, there's really a lot to talk about on the podcasts. They will be about three a week, not five a week. And they will be available to the people who are now downloading by the hundreds of thousands each of my episodes of my radio shows. And I think you're going to be interested in them. And I'm going to give it, I'm telling you right now, if you follow me on to the podcast come January and the numbers stabilize where they are or go up, and God continues to give me the health and the mentality, the mindset to want to do this stuff, I'll do it. But if after three months I see that uh, without the radio show promoting the podcast, that you need the radio show, uh, I'll do a Johnny Carson. You'll never hear from me again. I'll tell you right now. I mean, I, I'm not doing this for me anymore. At this point, I'm doing it for my audience because it's a huge family. So let me open it up to my, my big family out here, the Savage Nation. You know, how did I create the, the concept of the Savage Nation? I've told you this once before. I moved to San Francisco, and I found the people to be very difficult in this city. Everyone was a phony. With almost no exception, everyone was a two-faced phony. Everyone pretended to be something that they weren't. The fake writers, the fake poets, the fake this one, the fake that one. There was no fundamental reality like I had in New York. People were what they were in New York. Here, everyone was something they weren't. And so it became very hard to have a conversation with anyone because it was like talking to uh, a mirage, a mirage of faces that changed on you. And I started to feel isolated, and I created a, you could call this a, what, what do you call it, a digital nation? It was a very, very, basically a digital nation called the Savage Nation. And I derived the name the Savage Nation from Plato's Republic. I thought of calling this the Savage Republic, based on the Plato's Republic. And then I changed it to the Savage Nation instead of the Savage Republic. And here we are, over a quarter of a century later, about to depart on a new journey together, and I'm going to do it only if I have your support. And all you gotta do is keep listening to the podcast, or if you're listening to me on radio and don't know how to get a podcast, don't be ashamed. Call the show and say, Michael, how do I get a podcast? I'm an older person. I don't even know what a podcast is. I'm used to tuning you in on a dial somewhere here in America. Is it that hard? And I really am interested in hearing from you of what you want to hear on the podcast come January. And or if you want me to talk about 
Dorsey and Zuckerberg uh, braiding homes to break up holiday dinners, I'd be glad to do that. Because I also have in my hands what Gavin Newsom has put out for his Thanksgiving rules. All gatherings must be held outside. Gatherings that include more than three households are prohibited. As much as possible, any food or beverages at outdoor gatherings must be in single-serve, disposable containers. I'll take a break and be right back. Savage. We all know losing weight is tough, and with COVID lockdowns, many of you are probably experiencing weight gain. Well, uh, are you ordering too much takeout? Heading for the snack cabinet too often? Loading up on sweets? Are you lacking the energy you once did and wanting to drop a few pounds but not sure how to get started? Luckily, Nutrisystem is here to help you get back on track. Nutrisystem is simple and convenient with delicious meals delivered right to your door with little to no meal prep required. Their menu includes burgers, pizzas, and even snacks. Millions of people have lost weight with Nutrisystem. Nutrisystem offers perfectly portioned foods delivered right to your door. That means no shopping in busy grocery stores. With Nutrisystem, you can lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months. The plan is clinically proven to put your body in fat-burning mode and helps you achieve safe and healthy weight loss. Nutrisystem helps you lose weight and learn how to keep it off. Order Nutrisystem now. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash savage and you're going to get 50% off. Nutrisystem.com slash savage. All right, here's an example. I got exactly 39 seconds left in this segment till I have to go to another break. Do you understand how good it's going to be for me to be able to do conversation with you, to be able to talk without interruption, to be able to have a conversation with you, to develop a thought? My mind is not really made for this. It never was. I didn't gr- I've done great in it, but it's enough already. I'm moving on. We're going from the silent movies into the talkies, which is called podcasting. My number one interview in the history of my show, call him, tell me if you think you know what I'm going to say, because I'm going to tell you who it was when I come back. My number one interview, the most important interview I've ever done was who? Savage. Look, it's no surprise that current events, news in other words, the horrible news, is contributing to more stress and sleep deprivation, okay? Ebb, cool, drift can help you. Imagine what you can take on the morning after a restful night of restorative sleep. Whether you're seeking a natural solution to a long-term battle with sleeplessness or looking for small improvements to operate at your peak, it is time for you to try the Ebb Cool Drift, the Ebb Cool Drift Sleep System. See, the mind's normal way of dealing with stress and challenges is to be on guard or more vigilant. It's the inverse of what's needed for a restful night of sleep. The Ebb Cool Drift Sleep System gives you a cooling calming sensation to the forehead which is designed to counteract the way the mind and body reacts to stressful situations ebb cool drift has been clinically validated and uses reported improved sleep quality by 90 percent listen to this the new ebb cool drift is a lightweight and portable sleep system designed to be versatile to fit your lifestyle calming your racing mind anywhere you need My producer, Robert, has been using the Ebb Sleep System for a few months. He's been getting better sleep every night. Robert likes the new Cool Drift System as it is portable, rechargeable, and able to help him relax anytime he needs. 
Now, here's the beauty. Users can try it risk-free for 60 nights to confirm it's the solution they've been looking for. Just for our listeners, you can save $25 off your order by going to tryeb.com slash savage using promo code savage at checkout. That's $25 off your order, and you can try it risk-free for 60 nights. What do you got to lose? Tryeb. That's T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. Tryeb.com slash savage and use promo code savage to save $25 today. Twitter boss. He has a nose ring. He looks like Osama bin Laden. No haircut. Unkempt beard. He looks like a creep. Why does he look like such a creep with all that money? Why do creepy? Why does a guy with all that money have to look like such a creep? What does he need a nose ring for? What was he trying to prove? Twitter boss lies to Senate that his company lifted ban on post expose. No, and what's going to happen to him? Nothing. Most of the senators making believe that they're going to do anything are collecting money from him behind the scenes. Campaign contribute. I'm a very big cynic. I've been cynical since I'm a kid. So, and then the uh, Hunter Biden story, why did it go nowhere? If they had pictures today of Hunter Biden bathing in a bathtub with gold coins being fed into the bathtub by Ukrainian oligarchs with naked girls, with crack pipes falling on the floor, they'd still vote for Joe Biden because Joe smiles a lot. And the morons think Joe is going to unite America, that he's an honest man. That's the new act. The new act is a nice, honest man. Unbelievable how dumb people are. I would trust earwax before I would trust Joe Biden. Earwax is more honest than Joe Biden. But okay, that's because of the media. That's because of guys like Twitter. That's why they wouldn't let you post the story. But I could do this from today until the end of the earth. And what difference is it going to make? The country's only gotten worse the more we've exposed the left. The more we've tried to warn you that fascism had a new name and it was called liberalism, the worse it got. So I'm making a transition to, it's the same career but different. Instead of broadcast radio, I will just do the podcasts and they're free with ads. There's going to be like ads, three or four ads per podcast. That's the way it's going to be. Someone has to pay for it, right? People don't work for nothing. There's a lot of people working and... Then there's going to be a uh, premium podcast with no ads. And those of you who sign up for the premium will also get a once a month uh, town hall with you only, probably by uh, uh, whatever it's called, Zoom's town hall, questions and answers. And also some evergreen shows from the old days. And speaking of evergreen shows, you're not going to believe this. I said to you that after a quarter of a century of doing radio, and really loving it and struggling with it. It's, it's a rough career. It's a really tough one. It's like contact sports in many ways. I said to myself, what's the number one interview I've done in all these years? Which is the one that stands out in my mind? I have it in my hand. I went to the back of this house that I am in right now, and I dug it up. I, see, this is the beauty of a ha- home. I knew where this was. I knew exactly where this was. It's on a DAT tape. Those of you in the radio business or media, do you know what a DAT tape is, a DAT tape? I used to record every one of my radio shows on cassettes, then on dats. This is the 1999, 531-1999 Memorial Day of 1999, Dr. Samuel Cohen, probably unheard of, unknown by people in America today, one of the greatest geniuses of all time. He invented the neutron bomb. And I had him on my show. I was so proud to have him on the show. It's one of the most revealing 
and interesting interviews I have ever done. I'm going to give this away. No, no, not the that tape. This I could this I could give away as a, a tremendous. I could give the, these tapes. I have these tapes that will become such an archive one day. I don't know who I'm going to donate it to. You know, I try to donate all of my audio tapes to several different sources, and then I was warned not to do it because they would edit them out and try to turn me into something I am not. So I'm not going to give my library of tapes away so quickly. But Dr. Samuel Cohen invented the neutron bomb. The Pope gave him the humanitarian uh, of the year award because he said it was the most humanitarian weapon ever developed. I mean, if you can call killing living things and leaving buildings standing humanitarian, I guess that works. It's better than decimating the city along with the people. But okay, the neutron bomb was almost like a devilish invention, but this genius invented it. Probably unknown by any of the rioters in Philadelphia. Probably a name never heard of by uh, people who work for Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg, since they most of them come from uh, Yukistan, Yugistan, Pukistan, Hukistan, Huxterstan. So, uh, yeah, so what do you want me to do is the question. You want me to talk about Newsom's Thanksgiving rules? You can get them on my website. You want me to talk about Dorsey and Schmorsey and Jimmy Dorsey and Jack Dorsey? I can do that until tomorrow. Anyone could do that. So let me give you an example of something I'm going to do. Your calls are amazing. I wish I had five hours right now. This is one of these shows where I'd like to be with you for five hours. I think I'll take one call first because I'm going to do this, actually. Jeremy in North Carolina is calling. Jeremy, what is it you're saying? It's very interesting. I was just saying that I think your favorite interview has got to be with your son. That was an amazing interview. You know, it's interesting you're reading my mind because I thought that the first show I do as a strict podcaster in January will be with my son. I'm going to have him on the show. It should be. Michael, and you, for a number of re- you know that he once filled in for me when I was back at KSFO. He tried it once. He came. Now, this, is, this guy is much smarter than me and much stronger than me and much younger than me, obviously. He's my son. He came out of that studio sweating, and he looked at me. This was in the 1990s, the early 94, 95 era. I had him as a fill-in host. He did a whole show, three hours. He came out. He said, Dad, I don't know how, how you do this. I will never do this again as long as I live. It was the most exhausting thing I've ever done. So, you yeah, no, I, I would like to reminisce with him. And if Mrs. Savage agrees, I'd like to have her on because in the early days, there was no Internet news at the time. She used to have to go buy newspapers and magazines for me. Would you believe it, Jeremy? <laughs> I do, yeah. Jeremy, I'm sending you, anyone who gets on like Jeremy today gets a free copy of my great book, which you know what it is. I don't have, do I have to say it again? Our Fight for America, stay in the line. I hope the publisher's still sending them out. So I don't get complaints three months. And I was saying, you said you're going to send me a book and you didn't. But I'm also going to do stories. People like John from Texas are saying, John, what are you saying? Please go ahead. You're on the air with Michael. Michael, it is a pleasure to meet you for the first time. I'm a radio person. I've been in this brutal, crazy business since I was 15 years old. Mm. And that was a long time ago. Yes, sir. I listen to you every day. I think you're an amazing talent. And you have a great God-given gift at telling stories, especially ones about your childhood. I love those. Uh, (laughs) This terrestrial radio business is losing a great talent with you being gone. But I'll be following you on your podcast for sure. Well, that's, that's really all that matters, is that radio will still be here and podcasts will still be here. And I'll be there, not here. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, thanks for the kindness about the storytellers. I would consider myself a great American storyteller. And the only reason I'm not w- more widely known by the Kim Kardashian listeners and the Black Lives Matter followers is because people like Jack Dorsey make sure no one knows who I am. Stay on the line. We'll send you a copy of our Fight for America. And I want to tell you a story since people want to hear a story. Are you ready for a story? Raise your hand if you want Michael to tell you a story. Here's a story. You see, I remember when I was a teenager and I didn't know who I was. I remember very well the suffering of being young. The adolescent years are very hard for all of us, aren't they? But they form us in many ways. I was an ordinary kid in so many ways, and I'm today an ordinary man in many ways. But I remember as a teenager, I would go to dances like everyone else, race cars illegally on Sunrise Highway like everyone else. I'd get grease on my hands like everyone else. I'd get into car wrecks like everyone else. I chased girls like everyone else, but I wasn't like everyone else. I was uniquely myself. And when I got into that corner of trying to understand it all, I would turn to reading. I read a lot of Jack Kerouac, Jack Kerouac, which may surprise you, but he led me to some great places. I also read Henry Miller, you say, well, oh, Henry Miller is a sex writer. No, he was not. Henry Miller wrote about sex, but all his writings about sex were really leading to questions about existence. I read those books from cover to cover, and I found some things in those books that saved me. I remember reading Black Spring during one of my Black Springs. I was living through a Black Spring because of the social engineers attempting to deprive me of my birthright in this country. They deprived me of my right to make a living to give people who were less qualified than me positions I should have been offered. They passed me by because I committed a crime. I was born a white male. And I had to go to literature to survive. It was through literature, such as Black Spring, that I came to a deeper understanding of my place and time and allowed me to come to where I am today and to achieve what I've achieved today. And hopefully it will continue to allow me to go forward. I have a few plays left in me. What I came to understand while taking some time off from my show is that when you're as immersed in radio and writing as I am, almost to the point of exhaustion, it takes something out of you. And then when you have that blank time, when you have nothing to do, you realize what it took out of you. See, it's easy to get caught up in the fervor of work, 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 until you don't even know what you're doing and how hard you're working. And then when you have a number of days off, as I did, a bottom falls out of you, and you better have a place to land. Luckily, I landed where I started when I was a teenager, which was reading literature. Literature has given me an understanding in my meditation on where I'm at, which is having a few plays left in me. You may be very surprised when you hear what's coming in my professional life in the coming months. I think most of you already know it. It's sort of a rebirth. I'm like a born-again savage. Some huge things are in my future, but I wasn't even sure I wanted to do them. But now I know I want to do them because God wants me to do them. I have a mission to save America. That's why I've worked for almost a quarter of a century to awaken America before we lose America. How's that for a story? Savage. So, look, there are very important news stories right now. BLM and Antifa, the fascists of our time, are burning and looting in Philadelphia in the name of oppression of minorities. The only good news is that is that BLM and Antifa are fighting amongst themselves over who should lead the so-called protests. When dumb Biden, the front man, was asked about the rioting in Philadelphia, 
He and Kamala Harris cooked up a scheme that's hard to believe, saying that it's a shame that a mentally disturbed man was shot by the police. You hear this? Now, you listen to what I just said to you. This guy had been arrested many times, threatened to kill his own mother. A crazy man who belonged in a mental hospital for sure. But then again, the mental hospitals were closed by the Bidens of his time. That would be Jerry Brown's father. Wrote the law. Wrote the law. Open the mental hospitals because you shouldn't put anyone in there. Let them let them defecate in the mailbox instead. Let them choke their mothers instead. This is who you want leading the country? Are you people that nuts? Yes, you're going to get just what you deserve. You should get just what you deserve. You know, I have Ryan looking into tapes from 1995, and I said, Ryan, pull out some good evergreens for my podcast. One of them is this, and I'm going to read it verbatim, the liner notes that I wrote. Are we committing suicide as a nation? Why do we permit the scum of the earth to enter our nation without education or skills? Why do we permit the twisted perverts to dictate social, educational, and medical policy? Now, I couldn't say those things today. I'm only quoting myself. I wouldn't dare say things like that today. Because the next thing I know, I'd be knocked off radio stations and be forced to only podcast. And we wouldn't want that to happen. You see, the new people running radio are those who could have run a, I don't know, a razor blade company a few years ago, uh, imported bananas a few years ago, run a furniture store a few years ago. Most of them don't understand the first thing about radio. They don't even understand what free speech is. And they want vanilla. They're afraid of their own shadows. They're afraid of getting fired. I don't blame them. They're always looking out for number one. And so a man like me is an anachronism in, 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 in the media altogether. I don't have to go any further than the fact that have you ever seen me on Fox News? No. Why? Because I'm a threat to the established order that runs Fox News. I've said this to you before. There are some very, very fine people on Fox News. But by and large, Fox News is a feign. It's a fake. The whole thing's fake. They pretend to be like they're real conservatives, but they're not. So they'd rather have a pimp, a pervert, a prostitute, uh, anyone. I'm not on it. Alex Jones isn't on it. There are others who are banned from Fox News. Why? Because we don't fit the social order. So we keep hearing about Jack Dorsey acting as a censor, which is true. But what about the Murdoch brothers? They're not acting as a censor? A man who writes one best-selling book after another, a man who's flown with the president on Air Force One, is not worthy of being heard from on the Tucker Carlson show, on the great Laura Ingram show? Why not? Because they're acting like censors. But you don't see the Murdochs being hauled before Congress, do you? Why not? So you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Ted Cruz, I know you're a favorite guest of Wallbanger, Ted, and I know that you're on Fox News a lot, Ted, and so therefore you don't feel that the Murdochs are unfair. But you know, Ted, the Murdochs are very unfair because they ban people who they deem to be unworthy of airtime, Ted. So the next time you have hearings about big tech and breaking them up, why don't you haul the Murdochs before your little kangaroo court, Ted Cruz, and ask the Murdochs why they enact censorship, Ted Cruz, you phony you. Now you got a little taste of what you're going to hear come January. The war has only just begun.
the Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. So, Mr. Dorsey, your ability is you have the power to force a media outlet. Let's be clear. The New York Post isn't just some random guy tweeting. The New York Post has the fourth highest circulation of any newspaper in America. The New York Post is over 200 years old. The New York Post was founded by Alexander Hamilton. And your position is that that you can sit in Silicon Valley and demand of the media that you can tell them what stories they can publish and you can tell the American people what reporting they can hear. Is that right? No, this was this was a, you know, every person, every account, uh, every uh, organization that signs up to Twitter agrees to a terms of service. Uh, terms of service. Is so media outlets must genuflect and obey your dictates if they wish to be able to communicate with readers. Is that right? No, not at all. Okay, Michael Savage is who you're listening to, and I'm about to prove that Ted Cruz is a power uh, of wind, a power of phony wind like the rest of them. If you listen to him criticizing, grilling Dorsey, you say, you know, he's doing the right thing. But is he? Michael Savage is about to make news. It will be reported nowhere. My good friend Matt Drudge will not report it. Nobody will report what I'm about to do. I'm about to prove that Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg engage in less censorship than the Fox News Murdoch cartel. How do I prove it? Well, you haven't seen me on Fox News in 20 years. It's a cartel. It's a cartel. I'm not on. Now, I'm a best-selling author. How come I'm not on? They have unknown people on. But I'm about to go live right now, Ryan, on Twitter on one of their services called Periscope. We on live? You can go on Twitter right now, and you'll see me live on their Periscope feature, which is a live broadcast feature. I don't see Jack Dorsey blocking me. Do you, Jim? No one's blocking me. I'm able to talk to you. I can say anything I want right now. So I am proving right in front of your eyes in real time right now that Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg, who are being grilled by Ted Cruz, who's nothing but a showman like the rest of them, a smart showman, but it's a fake Stalinist show trial that's going on because all news outlets engage in censorship. And here I am able to read you on the very channel called Twitter that Ted Cruz, the actor, is saying is engaging in censorship. Well, I don't see Jack Dorsey calling Central Command and saying, okay, take down Savage. He's on uh, Periscope right now. We want him down. They're not doing it. So if you're on Twitter right now, you could actually see me doing my radio show. Is that right? I can't do both at once, but I would assume it's on right now. Is it, Jim? Can you go on Twitter and see? Am I live? What am I wearing, Jim? Tell me what I'm (laughs) wearing on Twitter. So again, okay, thank you. Brown hat and orange, uh, a pumpkin pumpkin jacket, my boating jacket, because it's very colorful and it's 
perfect for uh, th- for Halloween. I almost said Thanksgiving. And um, I have just proven two things. Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg engage in less censorship than the Murdochs do at the Fox News cartel that they run. Because I am live on Jack Dorsey's uh, live feed called Periscope. So how come we don't see the Murdochs drag before this committee? I'm sorry to tell you it's because Twitter is biased, for sure. So is Facebook, for sure. And they're on the side of the Democrats, for sure. But then on the other hand, the Murdochs are generally on the side of, generally, not always, on the other side. Let's say on the on Republican side. So why do they block me? Why do they make sure you never see me? Why do they make sure that I'm not allowed on any show, even though some of the hosts would love to have me on? Why? Because the Murdochs engage in more censorship than does Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg. And you could take that to the bank. And number two, you will not see this proof on any website in the country. Well, maybe it'll be on michaelsavage.com. Maybe some friends at the Washington Times will write the story up. Perhaps the Washington Examiner will write it up. Savage proves that Dorsey and Zuckerberg engage in uh, less censorship than uh, the Murdochs do at Fox News because I just did prove it. How's that for a stunt? It's a good stunt. You know why? Because it's true. It's better than a dental plan for seniors paid for by the government. This is the Savage Nation. The phone number is 855-107282. Bye-bye. We'll see you on the radio. You can get this on the Twitter feed called Periscope. And let, you know, you hear what I'm saying to you? Did you see what I just did? I think it's great. So, again, I'm asking you what you'd like me to do on my podcast come January. You're going to get more of that. You can get much more of that. I can't interview Dr. Sam Cohen who invented the neutron bomb again because he passed away. But I have the, the uh, DAT tape, the DAT tape of Sam Cohen from 531.99, which I, I mentioned in the last hour. I'm going to play it for you in pieces on the podcast, stuff like that. We're digging up some of the great interviews we've done. And uh, who knows what's going to happen on the podcast? I don't know. I don't have it, I don't have it mapped out. I have some ideas, and a lot of it's going to be very personal. A lot of it's going to be the news, little news. But I'd like to know what you think you want to hear. And also, folks, if you're an older person who doesn't know what a podcast is, I'm not joking on you. I'm not trying to make a mockery of you. Many people say, Michael, I love you on radio. I don't know what I'm going to do when you're off KSFO. You become an institution here for over a quarter of a century. Why are they dropping the show? Because of the radio cartel. Don't you understand that there is censorship brewing in every aspect of the media? Do you, un- do you understand that this is censorship or don't you? And I'm going to the last frontier where there is no censorship, which is the podcast. Everything else is controlled and locked down like a Purdue chicken. Controlled and locked down by a Purdue chicken. So I'm not ready to roll it over. I mean, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life doing a, a, you know nothing. I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to do that. If you are a person, like one of my neighbors who's never worked a day in his life, I, I lived near this guy for 20 years. I've never seen, I don't think he worked. He must have worked. He must have inherited money. All a man does is watch his sprinkler go back and forth on his lawn, take out the garbage on a certain night of the week. They look lost, these old white guys. They don't know what they're doing with themselves. But they're all conservatives, I think. But then I don't know. There's an awful lot of Biden signs around. Uh, it's interesting to me uh, who's going to win on this one. I don't know. I really don't know. But what do you think I should be doing come 
January. But again, let's be very clear. It's up to God. I told you before, God leads my footsteps. And this is where God has taken me. Now, other men would say, you know, it's time. You've done a great job. You've done so much for America. You've written so many books. My own family tells me not, not work anymore. They don't understand something. This is not work for me. You see, this is not work for me. This is not a labor. It's not even a labor of love. It's like a duck on water for me. So when I'm not impeded by necessary important commercial breaks, I'm not impeded by suits and skirts who look over my shoulder and are terrified that I'll say something that will alienate their uh, their 401k or alienate their ability to sack the, na- the company before they leave or after they leave. Uh, they're not going to be around bothering me anymore. I'm going to be freer than I've been in my whole life. If, there's only one if, you know what that if is? G-O-D. G-O-D calls the shots. I have a lot of 3 a.m. wake-up calls. They're not tequila sunrises, believe me. Every morning, 3, 3.30, I'm up in the dark, and I'm talking to you-know-who, the big guy in the sky. He calls me every morning, and I say to him, I ain't ready to go. Please do not call me. I am not ready to go. I have believed for many, many years, actually, since I'm in my 20s, that we almost determine when we're going to die. Within a certain human span of life, we certainly could do it through suicide at any moment, right? So, I mean, that's self-evident. I'm not talking about that. I think that we dictate through our mind and our thoughts when it will happen. I think that we pronounce within. I think things happen inside of us as a result of our thoughts. Let's put it to you that way. And that we have some power over our mortality. Now, I know it sounds absurd because you can walk out and get hit by a car. Well, did you walk out and get hit by a car by accident? Did you walk out and get hit by that car because you knew the car was coming at that time, at that place, at that moment? I don't know. The mind sees things that we don't think we know, that we don't think we're seeing. There's a fifth dimension, maybe a sixth, seventh, and eighth dimension. If you actually start studying the metaphysics of life, you find out it's a little murky. (laughs) It's not really this one, two, three-dimensional world that most of us live in. It's not about Trump versus Biden, for example. It's not A or B. It's not Dem or Republican. It's not popcorn or whatever the option is. It's a lot more than that. So do we, in fact, metaphysically, doom ourselves to pass away at some point in our life? Do we actually say to ourselves inside, I've had enough? I want to go. I can't take it anymore. Or is there a more powerful life force that keeps us going? I don't have an answer to you, but I have a suspicion that we can call God and say, take me, and then something will happen inside of us. I know it sounds a little weird. I know we're not supposed to think like this because we get... We get tests. We get all sorts of tests. We get blood tests. We get LDL. We get HD. You know, we get triglycerides, my glycerides, your glycerides, his glycerides, her, her glycerides. We get all our glycerides. We get our charts. They come back to us and we see our glycerides. We see ourselves sliding away. Oh, I took that pill, dear, and my glycerides are down. I took that pill, dear, and my... LDL is down and my HDL is up. I took that pill and my triglycerides, my, you know, et cetera. 
It's all good. It's all important. I mean, we are physical beings. But we're also, and more profoundly, spiritual and or mental beings. And I believe it's where the spirit, how shall I put it, where the spirit dwells, where the spirit dwells, tells us a little bit more about our medical chart than the laboratory does that takes your blood. Savage. All right, welcome back to the Savage Nation. I'm watching myself on Twitter right now. Listen. It's better than a dental plan for seniors paid for by the government. All right, so you know what I'm doing, don't you? I'm, I'm having a lot of fun today being super creative. I feel like all of my creativity has been freed from a cage, knowing that come January, I'm going to have a new format where there's much more freedom. And what I just did is I proved beyond a reasonable doubt that Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg engage in less censorship than the Fox News uh, Murdoch cartel does. How did I prove it? I proved it by going on Twitter on a thing they call Periscope which is a like live feed, and I did a piece, which I ran for you. And Jack Dorsey didn't block it, one of his minions didn't block it. But you never see me on Fox News. Surely I'm not the most important man in the world, but I'm one of the most significant thinkers in America right now. One best-selling book after another, the president has me on Air Force One, the president calls me. But I'm not good enough for the Murdoch cartel, why? Because they engage in censorship, which they're entitled to do. They're allowed to do. So what's my point? That having this show hearing right now today, conducted by Ted Cruz, who's a brilliant guy, but like all of the people in the Senate, he's an actor. They're all actors. He's not being perfectly fair to the discussion. Because if he was fair to the discussion, he would be dragging the Murdochs before Congress, or before the Senate to be more specific, and ask why they block certain people they don't like who are conservatives. Why do you block them? Why do you shape the news? I mean, he said to, uh, to Cruz said to, to Dorsey, you can censor the New York Times. Who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report? He said to them, sounded very good till I got to think about it. Well, the same people, I guess, who censor me at Fox News were not called because this is a biased hearing by Republicans against Democrat senators, who, a de- Democrat businessmen who are supporting Biden and Harris. It's that simple. I know you don't want to hear it because you're like, oh, you're on their side. Why don't you act like you're on their side? We're all one team. No, we're not one team. There's a team called Greed. The radio cartel is the greediest team I've ever seen in, in my life. They're just short of being like a Mexican drug cartel, short of killing your family and your dogs. They're just as greedy. They're just as selfish. They're just as merciless. They're just as inhumane. But here's the irony. They make believe that they're great Americans. And they hoodwink you into thinking that they're different than the other side. And my point is that no, 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 my friends. Listen to what I said. See if you can find what I did for you today on Periscope uh, anywhere in the media tonight or tomorrow. I'm suspecting, other than my site, michaelsavage.com, where we'll, we're going to play it, or on you can find it on Twitter right now. You'll find it maybe Washington Times. I don't know. Maybe they'll write it up. Washington Examiner, maybe. Some of my other uh, friendlies will do it. But nowhere else. There'll be no exposure. So what are we going to say? That Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg are bad guys, but all the rest of them are good guys? I am biased 
in what I present to you. I give you my perspective, my biases. I try to convince you that my point of view is correct, right? But you may not like it, but you have the power to turn off my radio show. You have the power not to look at me on michaelsavick.com. You have a power not to buy my books, right? That's fair. That's America. Fine. It's all fair. But then you could argue that Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg have the power to ban and block anyone they want because it's their private website. They're not a government outlet. Are they a government outlet? They're private enterprise. You could argue they're doing what they want. They start with, think about this. These are guys who started a website and got really lucky and far because some of them were smart and some were lucky and some were a combination of two. I remember the 1990s when I was KSMO Radio. There was a young lady working in there who was 95. She was leaving the company, the radio station. I said, where are you going? She was like a producer. She said, I'm going to go work on creating a website. I said, what is a website? She said, oh, it's something that people are going to create that is about themselves and they can put anything they want on it. I scratched my head. I never heard of a website. Well, that's what Twitter became. That's what Facebook became. They're just websites. So you understand what I'm saying now? What goes around comes around. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I'd like to see the Murdochs go before the Senate, wouldn't you? Savage. So I just created something that I'm very proud of. I think it was one of my great moments in media history. I, I would say it's one of my best. I did a reverse I did a reverse jump on a trampoline and landed on my feet without falling off the wire. Because today's story is Dorsey being grilled by Cruz and everyone, oh, yay, Ted Cruz. Get that Jack Dorsey guy because he's pro-Biden. Uh, Get that guy with the nose ring and the shaggy uh, Osama bin Laden look. Get rid of him. Let's attack Zuckerberg. Let's rip apart Dorsey. Yeah. They're the bad guys. And then you hear Cruz putting on the act that they're censors, which they are, because they're private outlets. But then I said, wait a minute now, hold on. How come you never see me on any of the Fox News shows? I know some of the hosts would love to have me on, but they've been told they can't. And they've been told they can't either by the Murdochs who control it or by Wallbanger, who's been so terrified of being found out for the fraud that he is his whole life that he doesn't want me anywhere near him. I don't know. I don't really care at this point. But what I did was... I definitively proved that Dorsey and Zuckerberg engage in less censorship than the Fox News cartel run by the Murdoch brothers. How? Because I, I ran my radio show on Periscope in the last segment. You can actually go on Twitter right now and hear me broadcasting. No one at Twitter said, okay, don't broadcast that. Nobody stopped it. So you say, oh, well, great. Well, great what? Do you understand what I just did? This is one of the greatest media exhibitions that you've ever seen in your life and it was done in real time live no one i didn't write it up in advance i didn't have a team come up with a, a stunt an idea here i am in one of my home studios doing a radio show as we come into the uh end of december the last shows in radio that you'll ever hear me on and i'm going into podcasting and I, it dawns on me as we're playing this ted cruz grilling you heard the ted cruz thing uh Listen to him now in clip number one, just for a minute. I, I got to replay Ted Cruz, so because it sounds good on the face of it till you think. Listen. You can censor the New York Post. You can censor Politico. Presumably, you can censor the New York Times or any other media outlet. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you 
and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic super PAC, silencing views to the contrary of your political beliefs? Okay, stop right there. We don't have to hear. Stop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. It sounds good. It's like, yay, Ted. Yay, Ted. Wait a minute. Now, let's stop and think about it. Uh, well, wait a minute now. So Twitter censors people, yes. Facebook censors people, yes. They shadow ban, they block, yes. But wait a minute. So does Fox News run by the Murdochs. They don't, they don't let everyone on. And there are important people in America, as evidenced by the fact, let's say, a man flies an Air Force One with the president, has hot dogs with the president. The president thinks enough of him to have him in the plane. Uh, a man has the president on his show. Man comes on a show. The man has written 28 best selling books. You don't have him on ever? Why? Because you're engaging in censorship, Mr. Murdoch. You were doing exactly what Ted Cruz is saying that Dorsey and Zuckerberg are doing. So I've just proven on my own, one man. Now, I never forget, you know, many of you don't understand this because I have a microphone and you hear me on the radio, you think I'm all powerful. I'm not, as you well know. I'm just a guy with a microphone. But I am David. And the people you think are my friends in the conservative media, they're the Goliath, they're the cartel. They are the Goliath that has made sure I'm never seen or heard from. They're the Goliath that want to gobble up every dollar in advertising money. They want to make sure every dime flows into their hands. So all of them have one agent. You didn't know any of that. But in January, you'll hear who the agent is. And that agent gets 15% off the top of every one of them. But he couldn't get me as a client. So that Goliath cartel is now driving me off the airwaves. Why are they doing it? Out of greed and out of censorship. So what I'm saying to you is censorship exists. Greed exists. But don't assume it's all on the other side of the aisle. Greed and censorship are part and parcel of the American media today on both sides of the aisle. And I've just proven it. And it's irrefutable. It's, it's perfect logic. There's no way to disprove it. Now, if I were an unknown person, you'd say, well, he, you're not big enough to be seen on Fox News. That's, that's, that's stupid. They have people on you never heard of. They have fill-in hosts that no one listens to on a regular basis to try and build them up because they own them. So don't tell me that, okay? That, that's, that's ridiculous. Stupid. And so I've earned my place in the American media landscape. I'm blocked. Now, there are places I wouldn't go on. I've been called to be on CNN. I would never go on. I've been called to go on MSNBC, uh, uh, that, that hateful mad cow. I won't go on it when I did my last book. Wouldn't go on. Uh, the View by those stinking women. I wouldn't go near them. Those rotten, they're like guava on a jungle floor that even a minor bird wouldn't eat. You know, you drop guava on a, you know what happens to guava on a jungle floor? Have you ever been in a, in a forest with dead guava? That's what The View is to me. Guava on a jungle floor. I wouldn't go on. They want to be ripped apart. Their people are so desperate, they'll even go on that show with them, with the guavas. No, not me. But you'd figure I belong on Fox News once in a while, like, you know, when a book comes out, a big book. So they have a filling house, some, some fake limey there, a fake limey they put on, who, by the way, has been suing one of the great Americans. You don't know anything about that. Yeah, one of the great Americans and him are in a lawsuit. The, 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 the great, the great limey fill-in. Big lawsuit. Oh, yeah, big lawsuit. So let me get back to now. Now is now. 
has a nice you know i realize that that orange jacket does look good on television on twitter it's not bad it's a good color for tv because it's like pumpkin-y and then i got the uh, the painting behind me the dolls from indonesia the antique french clocks it's a very very complex background there's the cannon on the floor there's the indonesian dolls there's the french clocks there's a napoleon bust there's a painting from 1914 by the great painter loomis a woman there's the microphone there's the lamp there's the screen with the calls and there i am yours truly michael savage i love you know i love i love technology do you realize what a miracle technology is that you can do something like this on the spur of the moment and make a point to an awful lot of people? Now, the question is whether what I've just done is too, is too, uh, too smart for the room, as they say, or did they get what I was doing? Did they understand that there's inherent bias on, on all outlets in the media? All, all media outlets are biased. All of them are in, engaging in censorship of one kind or another, and I just proved it. So for Ted Cruz to get up there on his hind legs and bellow and bark, yeah, all right, we're all happy now. We go, oh, he's getting that evil Dorsey. He's making Zuckerberg put on a jacket instead of an undershirt. And then what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing. The day they drag the Murdoch brothers before uh, a Senate hearing and say to them, why do you censor people you don't agree with? I'll be a happy camper, as they say in Brooklyn, where no one camps out. They camp in. So it comes back again to you the audience you know really at the end of the day you know what the media is about appeasing you appealing to you what do you want what do you want to hear hmm and so i'm going to ask you again what do you want me to do on my podcasts because i pretty much know what i'm going to do which is what i've been doing <laughs> for all these years and my first day i think will be january 5th i don't know i, I kind of want to do it on on january 1st i may do a few runs but then i got to get someone to post them nobody wants to work on january 1st i think january 1st is a great day to do anything in the media everyone we're watching football you're supposed to be hung over if you're real american you get drunk on the night before i don't get drunk on the night before i drink my regular half bottle of wine at night that's it i don't get drunk i feel good and i've shifted by the way to red wines it's a strange thing i'm going to shift now to wine for a minute for the last <laughs> six months i've been drinking only white wine Years ago, I drank every, you know, red, white, this and that. Well, okay, I had the incident in December, changed a lot of my eating, drinking habits. So I was drinking white wine. Then I started, I couldn't stand it. It was like, ugh, acidic, like acetic acid in a bottle. Then it got cold the other night. The weather changed here in the Bay Area. Hot days, cold nights, love them. I love the weather here in October. I just love it here. You know, it really is hot here in October, and the nights are cold. You have to sleep under six blankets. I love it. I love the weather here. I've gotten so used to it. This is my home, you know. Grew up in the East. I love the four seasons. But if you live long enough in Northern California, you can feel the seasons. And the leaves turn and they change and the birds change. I see the migratory birds going one way instead of the other. I see flocks of new chicklings flying over the bay hunting for their food like the pelicans. I love them. God, I love those birds. They give me such hope for the world. They were here long before we were, and they'll be here long after we're gone as long as we don't poison them off the planet. Don't get me started on the toxic pesticides. Please don't get me going, because then I'm going to have to tell you something really bad about the Trump administration. You don't want to hear it, especially at this sensitive time. I'm not supposed to say anything. Everything Trump does is good. I'll be, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. Well, look at, just look at the story. It's horrible to see. The pesticide story can break your heart. The EPA just approved the use of a killer a weed killer for five more years. A terrible 
thing. The EPA is one of the worst in history. I know. See, here we go again. Here's the bias. You're a conservative, so therefore you're supposed to hate the EPA. You're a conservative. You're supposed to love deregulation. No, I'm not supposed to do anything. I'm an independent. Stop calling me what I'm not. I'm not a knee-jerk anything. So the EPA will allow farmers for the next five years to spray crops with a Bayer AG weed killer whose sales were blocked by U.S. Appeals Court in June. All of a sudden, the administrator says, no, we're going to override uh, the, the uh, weed killer. It's Extendimax, a dicamba-based herbicide that they spray on soybeans and cottons, genetically engineered to resist it. Unfortunately, this herbicide drifts away and damages other crops that are not resistant to it. So it sprays over into other crops, such as soybeans, right? So now you're eating soybeans that has this poison on it. And so what am I saying? I'm saying this just happened under the Trump EPA. He had nothing to do with it directly, but this is what happens with an administration. This administration has some really bad people in it, really bad people. Animal killers, earth killers, poison lovers. Yeah, it's all true. Does that mean I'm going to vote for Biden? Never. No, not over my dead foot. Would never vote for Kamala Harris and the, uh, because they're people killers. See, the other side is they're society killers and people killers, which is worse than weed killers. They're freedom killers. Let's put it that way. Biden and Harris are freedom killers, and that's worse than weed killers. So here I am, a guy in the media who sees it all. I have this cosmic eye, the gift to see it, the gift to speak it, the gift to say it like it is. And I tell you the way I see it. So don't expect me to say what you want to think I am supposed to say. That's all. So I proved to you today that there's censorship on both sides. I proved to you today that Ted Cruz is a very glib, very excellent uh, uh, entertainer, like all senators are, like all Congress. They're all, they're all actors, very good actors. Shakespeare said we're all actors. Aren't we all actors upon the stage of life? We're no different than Ted Cruz. We're no different than jo- Dorsey. In fact, if you go back to the Beatles day, you know, I am you, you are me, and we are all, you know, together. In that sense, cosmically, we're really one being. So the vermin rioting in Philadelphia and burning and looting in the name of racial justice, that's a part of you as well in many ways. She's the other side of your coin. And they're doing it because they don't know any better and they can get away with it because the police have been destroyed by the Biden forces in America. In a, in a, in a sane time, the police would not have permitted this to happen. They would have called out whatever they had to call out, armored personnel carries if necessary. And this wouldn't have gone on. I mean, when you had riots and looting in Newark, how do you think it stopped? By sending out uh, teams of social workers? No. You know how the rioting in Newark, New Jersey was stopped? The National Guard was called out and many people were shot dead and killed. That tended to put a crimp in the behavior of the looters. They went home and they stopped. And then the city rebuilt itself slowly. But the criminal element was suppressed in the only way that you can suppress a mob. At a certain point, that's the only thing that will work. And so it brings us back again to the election. What did Biden say about the rioting and the kill and the looting in Philadelphia? Why did the police, why were they called out and why did they kill this poor man who had a mental health problem? On the face of it, that's one of the most cynical things I've ever heard. This man was a stone cold criminal who was also mentally deranged. He tried to kill his own mother. He had one run in with the law after another. His own neighbors were afraid of him. He was called, the police were called by his own family. And the guy comes out with a knife. They say, put the knife down, and they had to shoot him, and they would have been killed. 
what happens? What happens? Take a look at what happens. BLM and Antifa go out and they loot and they riot and they destroy property, they destroy people, they attack the police. And Biden and Harris come out saying this happened because the police were called instead of social workers. Ladies and gentlemen, I rest my case. Savage. So, uh, I've asked you today, what do you want my new podcast to be about? What should be done about the Philly rioters? UK police raid homes to break up holiday dinners. I guess that means Churchill, who fought so hard to keep fascism out of Britain, lost. And I've asked you, if you would you resist if they do that to you here in America? Well, they're doing it in New York. Oh, yeah. The anti-Semite mayor, de Blasio, the communist, is sending the NYPD into Jewish homes and saying we hear that there are more than two people in this household. Yeah, they're doing it now. Guess next they'll break the windows on synagogues to see how many people are in there. And they won't call it Kristallnacht. They'll call it de Blasio's kindness night. And then we had the pretense of senators um, pretending they're going to break up big tech, grilling Dorsey and Zuckerberg. And I proved definitively with the stroke of uh, one show that uh, Dorsey and Zuckerberg engage in less censorship than the Fox News cartel on the Murdoch, the Murdochs. How? Because you can go see it on Twitter right now, what I did during my show. No one censored it. And you never see me on Fox News. Ipso facto, there's more censorship on Fox News than there is on Twitter. It's that simple. And don't say it's because I'm not that important. I would say 28 books makes you kind of important, and the president selecting you to fly an Air Force One with him and have a couple of hot dogs with him. So no matter what the fake lawyers and the, the fakers out there, the fakers who got ahead making believe that they were important people by calling themselves great Americans, no matter what they say, my legacy will be greater than theirs. It's that simple. Thanks for listening. Savage. Well, here we are. It's, uh, <laughs> this is my first test of looking at the news with a cup of coffee. But you know what? I don't even have the cup of coffee, which I'm going to have to go make. You'll hear it brewing in the background in a minute. This is the kind of podcast I'm going to start doing come January, which is let's look at the news together. So we'll start with the most anti-Trump website out there, my good friend, Matt Trudge. <laughs> And we'll see what Trudge, what Drudge says about MAGA left out in cold, hundreds stranded at freezing airfield, several hospitalized for hypothermia. Uh, Cook says Joe's path to 270 widens. Texas moves to toss up. Dem sees signs of hidden voters flipping, blah, blah, blah. Uh, everyone's saying Trump's finished. COVID claiming more lives than data indicates. I, I, do I believe any of this? I don't know. 73 million already voted. Well, I did read that they found life on Mars, and I'm pretty sure the Democrats made sure that they mined all of the votes up there amongst the bacteria on Mars. That could explain some of the 73 million. Biden vows to unify and save the country. How's that one, Robert? Biden's going to unify and save the country. Sure oh, he yeah. is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Headed for historic margin in California. That's not on. Un- Concerned about election unrest. Beverly Hills will close Rodeo Drive. What does that mean? That the same folks who are appropriating clothing and items in Philadelphia will appropriate clothing on Rodeo Drive? Can't they just say what the hell it is? Concerned about election unrest. Beverly Hills will close Rodeo Drive. Why don't they just close it to certain gangs that come in from certain areas? Maybe oh, that, that would, would be stop discrimination. That would be true. racist. I wasn't thinking. I'm sorry. 
Hurricane warning, not get fame or blame what lies ahead for the squad. Uh, it's a family show, so I can't say it. Ah, be, see, there's nothing more to be said here. Bezos and talks to buy CNN. Let's move on to the next website. We will go to the New York Post. Let's see. Tech honchos face Senate grilling over Post's Hunter Biden expose. That's such crap. They're not going to do anything. It's it's a show trial. It's 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 the Senate making believe they're going to crack down on people who control them. You're telling me that Facebook is afraid of Lindsey Graham? You're telling me that Facebook and Twitter are afraid of Jack Dorsey? Meaning the Senate's afraid of Dorsey and Google? Google, Twitter, Facebook control the Congress, control the Senate. They run the country. They run the world. They are a nation state unto themselves. They're the triumvirate we all feared. Okay. What else is in the news? I can't stand this. If there's one more picture of Courtney Kardashian or her fat, disgusting sister, I can't finish this. It's a family show. Why do they keep showing these disgusting creatures? I don't understand it. Wild brawl over masks erupt on plain video shows. Okay. Come fly with me. Okay. What a zuck up. Facebook boss has technical difficulties at big tech hearing. <laughs> Here's one that went nowhere. Here's a bomb. Hunter Biden emails. No one cares. If he got caught in a picture, if there were pictures of Hunter Biden bathing in gold bullion in Ukraine with models and crack pipes next to them, it wouldn't matter to the, to the American media. They don't care because Biden's going to unify America. We don't care what his son did. Feeling blue, rare moon will rise in Halloween 2020, duh. Amy, Corey, Amy Coney Barrett, given RBG's former court chambers. I hope they decontaminated it before she went in there to get out the, uh, the, red, the red, red lice. Given RBG's former court chambers. I hope they martinized her, her robe. <laughs> you think they martinized Ruth Bader Ginsburg's robe before Barrett went in there? Okay, next case. Look out for my family. Hunter partner tells all on meet with Joe Biden. Dead story. Philly shooting victim had history with cops. Was a newlywed about to have a child. Oh, give me a break. The man was a, a serial arrestee. What do you mean newlywed? Walter Wallace, the, now it's get into the story. The mentally ill Philly man was that spark. Long history of violent run-ins with the law. Are you listening to this? And was a newlywed about to have his ninth child. What a great father, Robert. Well, you know, well, they, well number nine, ninth child? Well, sure. I mean, he, he with was the same family. woman or many well, different not, ones? Well, now you understand why they're, they're looting. They help oh. take care of the children. Oh, yes, yes. Make sure they get enough diapers and uh, formula. Yeah, the 27-year-old aspiring rapper, I, that's a job category now, like nuclear scientist? The 20-year-old aspiring rapper was shot dead by police in front of him on the, after refusing to put down a knife and only just gotten married this month. Oh, he was already a dad to eight kids. And his new wife, one of those who told cops that Wallace had bipolar disorder, is expecting his latest child as soon as this week. Ah, uh, maybe a Nobel Prize is in store for the, for the ninth child, just for being born. Wallace's family members, including his father, witnessed the shooting, are never going to be the same again, said his lawyer. They actually sat and watched their son literally get murdered. You mean figuratively or literally? Now, here's the background story on this prize citizen. 
police have been called to his home dozens of times in recent months, dozens of times, Robert, including twice Monday before they returned a third time when he was shot. Since May, police had received 31 calls about his home address, including reports about someone with a weapon as well as assaults, sources told the paper. Wallace had also been in and out of court for nearly 10 years with convictions for crimes, including resisting arrest and robbery, the paper said. He'd been arrested in March after he allegedly threatened his child's mother over the phone saying, I'll shoot you in that house up, NBC said. In 2019, the surprise citizen was charged with resisting arrest by kicking the windows and door panels of a police patrol car. In 2016, the surprise victim, during a robbery, allegedly grabbed a woman by the neck and held what she believed to be a gun to her head, NBC said, citing court records. He was sentenced to 11 to 23 months behind bars. A protective order against him, Robert, in 2013, when he allegedly violated, which he violated, when he threw water in her face and punched her in the face. That's his own mother. And threatened to return and shoot her, the report said. Okay. Shall we go on? That same year, the poor victim pled guilty to a sting arrest after punching a police officer in the face. Same year, a judge also ordered a psychiatric evaluation along with mental health treatment. The aspiring rappers... Music also heavily featured guns and rhymes about shooting people, including police. Well, my friends, you see what a victim he was. And there are many questions that need to be answered about why the police overreacted when he threatened to kill them with a knife. Because there's, oh yes, there's a history of violence and mental illness. But that's no reason to shoot someone when they try to kill you. What the police should have done this time, Robert, was call a social worker. They should have gotten a social worker there to reason with this very, very re. The Westwood One Podcast Network.